Hey there, folks. This is your host, Kyle Patel. I'm here with my co-host, Rob. We're very excited to get our first episode of 2020. We have a really special guest today on the VSP, the Video Selling Podcast. We're happy you're all here with us. Rob, you want to tell us a little bit about our guest today? Yeah, we have Sherry Levitin. She is an amazing video influencer, a CEO, a best-selling author. Um, the accolades go on. She has a really great episode with us with some great tips for content creators making videos, um, specific tips to our one mobbers and how her organization uses one mob. She also talks about the power of threes and having those actionable tips and she has some of those in this webinar um, and then she also talks a little bit about like when's the best time to send a video uh, and also you know the importance of that first five seconds of your video which I don't think we've ever talked about yet on the VSP love it can't wait to hear this one without further ado let's go Today we have the privilege to speak with Mrs. Heart and Soul herself, Sherry Levitin. Sherry is a best-selling author and award-winning keynote speaker. She is the CEO of the Levitin Group. She's been recognized as one of LinkedIn's top 10 voices of 2019. And she's most certainly in my book, a video influencer. So I can't wait to hear the knowledge that she drops on all of us. And Sherry, thank you so much for joining the VSP. Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your business? Oh gosh, not really, but I will, Rob. <laughs> Great to see you. And you know, this is interesting. I've just got to tell the audience that we are on video, even though we're doing a podcast. Why? Because of the impact of video. And I have not had the privilege of meeting Rob or Kyle in person, but I feel this enormous bond and trust just being able to see you by video. So I thought that would be interesting for the audience to know. Um, you know, I tell people I've been in sales since I was two. I was one of those kids that uh, did the magic shows out of the house. And I, I was a terrible magician, but, but I like to sell. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been selling my whole life. It, it comes fairly natural to me. Uh, I started my company in 1997 after being the top salesperson in all of Marriott hospitality industry. And well, we were very fortunate that the company grew very quickly. Um, we were in 40 countries, five continents within a few years, but in the single vertical. And in 2008, once we had the market collapse, uh, a lot of our customers went to various different verticals, everything from selling bridges to real estate to software. And that's when we really expanded out into multiple verticals with our sales system that's really based on creating urgency, but maintaining heart and authenticity. And I'm passionate about that. So today we really do two things. Number one, uh, keynote speeches and book signings and seminars. And then the second thing we do which a lot of people don't know about that, that follow me on LinkedIn, and that is we work with VPs of sales and sales organizations who want to scale their training programs. And I think one of our superpowers is we study the best and we uh, help make the rest as good of the best. And we do that through online learning and customization of content. So 
that's a little bit about our business. Very cool. Very cool. And if anyone doesn't follow Sherry on, you know, all the different social medias out there, I know I first started following you on LinkedIn about a year ago. You just make cool, interesting, helpful videos. And you know what I love about them is you're outside. You're like in nature, like you're in waterfalls, you're on hiking trails, you're in all these cool different locations and you're making these, you know, helpful videos that always have these tidbits or takeaways that are all actionable. Um, so you do a really great job with that. So like I said before, you're, you're quite a catch for us to have on the, the VSP here. So thanks again uh, for joining. But, you know, going back to, you know, how you make these videos, like, how do you get inspired? Like a lot of people are afraid to, you know, be out on a trail and make a video right there. Um, you know, how do you get that inspiration to um, make these videos? Is it all planned? Are you out on these hikes and, you know, have a moment of realization and turn on your camera and, and make them? Can well, I'll give you a little context because it wasn't always that way. I am fortunate enough to have some great colleagues and one in particular, uh, Daniel, who's a millennial. And we were talking on a Zoom call and he said, you know, Sherry, you got to cut it out with all these staged videos where you go to a studio, you put on lipstick, a suit or a dress. He says, people just want to see you. They, they want you to be authentic. And actually we were on a Zoom and I was on a hike. So we were on the, the audio Zoom. And um, I said, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable. He said, no, really, you're not connecting with my generation. Uh, it's, it's too performed, it's too staged. He said, I dare you, I double dare you to do a Facebook Live when we hang up. I said, well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm sweaty, I'm hiking, I don't have any makeup on. He said, exactly. He said, people will love it. He said, I double dare you. So I said, oh, okay, I'll try it. So there I was on top of um, one of the mountains here in Park City. I live in Park City, Utah. And I'd been hiking about three, four miles. I had my dog and I just did a video about the five attributes of top performers. And we got 12,000 views. And I thought, whoa, like when I do a blog, you know, I'll have maybe, you know, a, a single digit percentage that even open it and read it. And now I was able to reach 12, 13,000 people from a single video. Maybe there's something to this. But what I realized was he was right. People don't want something today that's scripted and perfect. It's boring. People want to know the human behind the video. They want you, they want us with all of our imperfections. So I just wanted to share that it, it wasn't always like that. So what I do now, fast forward, is I happen to love the outdoors. I love hiking, fly fishing, skiing. And so, no, they're not usually completely planned. Um, but I will, you know, might be fly fishing and I'll think of an analogy, don't blame it on the fish. Um, mm -hmm. How salespeople blame external factors for their lack of success, sort of like, you know, a bad fisherman will, will blame the fish instead of looking at what he or she could do better. So. Um, I, I try to do it in different environments, A, because that's where I am anyway, that's who I am, but B, that background is much more interesting than the typical bookshelf. So uh, my advice to people that are listening is, hey, if you're doing something that's really you, it doesn't matter where it is or what it is. Maybe you love, 
Um, you know, going to a football game, do it in the football stadium, but have a background that interests people because people have a short attention span. And as they're scrolling on LinkedIn or whatever, if they see a background that's interesting or different rather than your office, they're more likely to click on your video and watch it. That's a really good point. And you know, that kind of reminds me of, you know, what happens to me, it seems like once a week now. So in my home office, I know you can see me, Sherry, but on the podcast, they can't. I usually have a green screen behind me yes. and I, I have behind me, depending on which way my desk is and where I'm standing, either like this picture that's behind me now and this little sculpture thing, or on the other side of this is my hat collection. And I always like put up that green screen and I was like, you know, I got to show off the green screen, put some cool stuff behind me, but I would get more conversation starters when they would see my hat collection. Or like just last week, I had someone asking me about, you know, this image, like what hockey team is that behind you? So it's kind of funny, like you think that, you know, using a green screen and really kind of putting a production or really worrying about what is behind you can be such a big deal when really like people want to know, like what's your office look like? Like I'm looking at you right now and you've got all kinds of awards and frame stuff and things behind you. And I'm kind of curious of like what that is. So I think, you know, the combination of, um, that curiosity from people as well as, you know, starting to build that relationship, which as you mentioned is, is, you know, what video can really do for you, uh, is so powerful. So I really kind of urge people now, like, don't worry if you're at your desk, you know, people kind of want to see where you work at. I'm sure if they don't know, like maybe you work in an open office and you got some goofy person behind you with some cool stuff on their desk and, you know, stuff like that can really kind of open up a relationship and, and kind of make it last in, with that relationship building. Yeah, totally. And I think the other benefit to that is that I've, <laughs> I've, I've done the go look for a perfect background, right, to film your video. And it takes time, you know, to really like kind of stage that, if you will. So I think the other kind of benefit here is if you're not as staged, uh, or if you're not staged at all, and you really are being authentic, it's quicker, too, right? Like you don't spend as much time in that pre- recording going to find the right space or you know editing all this stuff after like if if you're being more authentic your videos actually get done quicker it saves well, you time you can do it more stuff and other stuff yeah i was gonna say the times that you know there was sort of a, a blooper people love yeah. it more like oh yeah you know and it's kind of serious and my little boston terrier runs by and steals my <laughs> It's like, <laughs> like, like that kid who ran in on that BBC interview, right? Like that right. news clip was probably watched more than any other clip on BBC News because right. the kid ran in. Totally. So, yeah. Love that. Love that. It'll save you time just by being authentic. And, you know, um, and I think we get slammed with so much content nowadays that we can tell when things are staged and when they're authentic, right? Like our sense of kind of understanding whether something's raw and natural versus just some message that was kind of cooked up in a, in a room from a marketing standpoint, not to say those, those don't work, but from a sales standpoint, like that's not what we're doing, right? We're trying to be more personal and authentic. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you mentioned that. And it increases the open rate, right? I mean, at the end of the totally. day, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I think I, I would add one more tip uh, that, that I just want to give is the, your first five seconds are critical. Yes. And what you don't want to do, there's some do's and don'ts here. And again, I just learned this through trial and error. I do a video every Sunday night now on LinkedIn. I've been doing it for two years, sort of come hell or high water, which is one of my hashtags, hashtag come hell or high water. I'm going to do that video, but you've got to get, what you don't want to do is, hi, 
this is Sherry. I'm at the beach in Laguna Beach. Like nobody cares where you are. They want to know how can you help me? I've got two minutes and you don't want your videos ever longer than three minutes. Some of the best ones are 45 seconds, but yeah. you want to let your audience know immediately what problem you solve. So I wanted to throw that in there. Like, you know, three things never to do when you lose a deal. Um, five keys to, you know, goal setting in 2020. Like, what am I going to give you and why do I need it? And you really need to get that right away. And by the way, I've also found um, it's a little formulaic, but it works. If you can give lessons in threes, there's something magical about the number three. I don't know what it is, but if it's <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I don't know. Three don't things know. to know or three ways to do this or that, right? Or not um, to yeah, or not to do this. Hey, so I have a question there. I want to maybe pause right there for a sec because I think what you said was really interesting, Sherry. That you know you have to get someone in that first you know five seconds, ten seconds max. We're in the Snapchat era, right? And, and I totally agree with you there. I I actually do what you're suggesting not to do, honestly, which is like, hey, this is Kyle. You know, thanks for clicking on my video, and then I go into what I'm saying. How do you approach that? Your beginning. I know you mentioned kind of a couple of examples, but like just. Thinking from like a salesperson standpoint or somebody who's kind of, you know, doing a pitch video, elevator pitch video, how do you suggest they go about just in their thought process about how to start? Like, how do they kind of, uh, how do you suggest folks come up with that first five seconds, if you will? Well, and again, we're not talking about using one mob, which I hope we get to because it's transformed. Sure, any video. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to make sure we get to that. But this is, you know, doing a video on LinkedIn where you're giving mm -hmm. content. I also want to give you another don't. I don't ever sell anything uh, okay like i am not there to sell you my goods and services i am giving 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 content and the return has been unbelievable we've gotten 80 percent of all our new revenue from linkedin just from doing video so i but but not asking for anything in return and i think that's really important but if you know depending who you are marketing person salesperson and you want to build your brand or um you know build your influencer status the, the thing I think about and that is what is a problem that people are having now? What are you hearing? What are you hearing from your clients? What are you hearing from your colleagues? What are you seeing online that people are struggling with? Is it, and, and, and what are you an expert in? Because if you're, not in an ex, if you're not an expert in it, you probably don't want to broach it. That's not for you to do. But so you want to get really clear on what is my area of expertise and don't try to be too many things to too many people. I am not a marketing expert. I'm sure a lot of people want to know how to increase conversions on their emails. I understand it, but I'm not an expert. So I'm not going to go there, even though it's a needed topic. So think about, well, let's think of three things. Number one, what are you good at? Number two, what problem do you believe people have that you can solve? And then number three, try to think of three actionable tips. People want something they can put into effect today. Now, it doesn't have to be three. It might be the number one question you need to ask. I wouldn't do more than three, okay, right. in, in a short video. But um, I, I would say those, those three tips. I love that. And, and just thinking about it, I think kind of starting with that question, um, just came to my mind uh, and I'm already thinking about some ways I'm going to change up my videos. So this is great. 
Yeah, that, that's some really great advice. You know, one of the things that we're starting to see more at OneMob is more folks taking their OneMob links and posting them online. And one of the things that you mentioned was every Sunday you, you hold yourself to making sure that you put out that weekly video. How important do you think it is to, at least from a social media standpoint, have that cadence or that consistency if you're going to put out a message like that, if you are like a sales rep or a marketing rep for an organization? That's a great question. I, again, mm-hmm. I, I'm just telling you based on, on my experience, um, but I think you not only need consistency, but you also need the element of surprise. I think we need both, right? Humans yeah. like certainty, but we also thrive on uncertainty and surprise. So we need both. So the, the Sunday night video, um, the strategy behind that originally was um, it'll be in the top of people's news feed. So I do it at eight o'clock, eh, between seven and nine Mountain Standard Time. Um, I can tell you we have had an enormous amount of emails saying, not only do we watch your video, it, it is our sales meeting every Monday. So being consistent is huge. And I remember a few weeks back, I had a headache. I didn't feel like it. I couldn't think of anything new. And I thought, and it was my husband actually, who said, well, there's your blog. Why don't you just get online and say, sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you don't feel like making that call. Sometimes you don't feel like (laughs) it anyway. So here I am doing it anyway. And you, even if you don't feel good this week, do your prospecting, do your, you know, like, so you, you try to, so that consistency, um, that people can set their watch by and count on you. Again, I think it's critical. Now you might want to vary times uh, and split test and try something else. But I think, you know, that consistency is important. But then again, you might get a great idea on a Tuesday at noon uh, and it doesn't hurt to, to post something different or exciting. And, um, you know, as long as it's good quality content, uh, I think you need both. That's great. That's great. So going back into one mob, you know, can you highlight any success that you've had with it? You know, most of our audience is our, our mobbers, our, our customers right now. Um, and you know, if there's any kind of advice that you could give them as far as, you know, making these videos using one mob, uh, you know, just selling to customers, do you have any tips for them? Okay. One mobbers. Um, I am such a fan of one mob and we use it in many ways, but I want to highlight two. The biggest benefit that I believe we've gotten from one mob is after that initial discovery call. So let's think about this for a minute. And again, it doesn't matter if uh, what product or service you're selling, if you're an entrepreneur or you're selling a, a big B2B software solution. If you are selling B2B, Gartner just came out with a report that we now have, drum roll, not 5.8 decision makers, but 10. So if you think about it, you're probably not on the phone doing a discovery call with all 10 decision makers. And so what OneMob does is it sets you apart and differentiates you from the competition And if done right, which I'll share with you how we do it, I believe you create rapport and trust by the way you sell, they trust you. So it's, you're showing, not telling. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. We will do, you know, somebody will call us for a keynote or to hire us. 
And we will go through, you know, a 25, 30 minute discovery call. And we will ask what I call first level, second level, and third level questions or skin, bone, and heart questions. Skin questions meaning facts, um, you, you know, who, what, where, when. Bone questions, digging a little deeper, uh, we call unearthing the problem that the customer may or may not realize they have. So we want to get the facts, we want to uncover a problem, and then we want an objective that's usually more emotional in nature. So we will create discovery questions, ask those discovery questions, and let's say that um, our conversation lasts, again, 30, 35 minutes. We will follow up within 24 hours, and here's the key, and repeat back everything we heard. So, Shannon, if I understand correctly, you just started a brand new inside sales department. You have 70 reps. I'm going to repeat back the facts. Um, you recently have a new vice president of sales. You really want to perform for that VP of sales and you want to ramp up your team really quickly. One of the challenges you've been having is, so I'm going to repeat back the problem. Mm -hmm. The reason this is so important to you, and again, the emotion, what's in it for her, is because you really want to make your mark in the company, and you know that you can make change if you have the right training solution. So I'm going to do all of that in a one-mob video. I'm going to repeat back everything I heard. Here's the key. I am not selling you anything. I am not giving you my solution. Research shows the more I make it about you and your problem and the less about me and my solution, if I can correctly identify your problem and make it specific, I have earned the right to solve it. So not only now did I follow up with this one mob video, but that one mob video is going to get circulated to all of the other decision makers. And the best part, I can track, measure, and monitor it. So it's been killer for us because now what happens is, and we've had customers, um, we had a company, um, a, a gentleman named Jason, he just called us back. And after we did this one mob, we could see that he opened it 25 times so we knew he was sending it around. And his response was, wow. We talked to five possible vendors but that video really differentiated you, and we like that, and we like how you sell, so we want to work with you. Like, and yeah. we, we hadn't even given a proposal yet. Like, that, like he was so impressed with that. I, I love that. Maybe two points I want to just highlight from that, Sherry. One was I, lo I love that framework, right? Of like, repeat back the, the, the problem, the facts, you know, what yep. you learned, repeat back the problem, right? Yep. Like. You do those kind of two things just as a general guideline, right? It, it provides for a really good recap video. Um, now, the question I had, and I think you kind of answered it when you were talking, was you could just do that over email, right? Like, and that's what I think a lot of folks out there are doing, right? Pretty much everybody likely. After a call, you get on your email, you type out like here are the bullet points of things that we learned, right, during the call, and like that's what you said. Right. So, and I'm sure you may have been doing that before video. So can you just talk to us about why somebody on the call would do that video um, uh, versus just that email with the same, you know, facts and questions, let's say. You know, at first the, the true reason was time, but now we've found so many other benefits. So 
Um, I don't know about listeners out there, but I can tell you, it takes me a long time to write and I have terrible grammar, so I'd have to get it edited. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that as an author, but... Um, it's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so for me to craft a really good recap mail, it would take me like 90 minutes. You know, oh, and, and you know, this sentence structure and this, and then you know what? What percentage of the, are they going to read it? You're talking to a decision maker that probably got 246 emails that day. Yep. So, um, so the, the original reason was time, but now we're finding um, a lot of unintended benefits. So not only does it save time, it builds trust in a very different way. When people can see you, they feel like they know you, um, and it just increases that trust factor. I would say number three, as I said before, it differentiates you. So if the other four vendors are going to write an email and I'm the only one that did a video, I stand out. So it's very different. And again, I can track, measure, and monitor. So now on Monday, when my team gets together and we're like, okay, let's do a pipeline review, we'll say, okay, well, let's look at all of the people that are super engaged based on our one mob numbers. And I'm going to go to those first. Because now I know if these six out of 20 people open my one mob video, I got high engagement. And I'm going to talk to those folks first. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. So Sherry, did you have any other video related tidbits like that or stories that you wanted to share? We do like a rapid fire to, to kind of end the podcast, but I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, maybe tell another story or, uh, you know, maybe talk about yeah, Tell us another way you use video. I want to keep this going. <laughs> <laughs> well, another way that we use one mob and we tried it for the first time we had about a year ago, we had a big new client in North Carolina and we were all coming out there. Well, three of us uh, were coming out as consultants to work with their sales team to scale their training program. But they we knew that they were going to be talking to Amber on our team and Valerie and Kent, you know, to coordinate the event and to do other things. So we got this idea. We thought, you know, too many people, they get the deal and then the customer doesn't hear from them. And so now what's the experience like? Of doing business with you and we thought one mob so what I asked our team to do is I said I want all of you to record a 20-second video and talk about what you do and how it impacts our clients so it was awesome you know Angela who's usually behind the scenes who does all the tech was with her cat saying hi I'm Angela I probably won't meet you I'm a little behind the scenes but I'm <laughs> all the virtual learning work and then you had Valerie in Denver saying, hi, I'm Valerie. I'm the one who's going to be booking all Sherry's flights and making sure she doesn't miss it. Um, <laughs> you know, so it was just really cute. And everybody recorded who they were and what they do and how they're going to support the endeavor. And then here's what's cool. The only, now we use that for every new client as sort of an onboarding. But the only video we change is the feature video, which is me. And I will address it to the customer. So again, what's so cool about OneMob is you've got templates, right? So now I've got the welcome template. And I say, you know, hi, Steve and uh, Rob. Can't wait to see you guys in three weeks. Before we come out there, we thought you'd want to meet our team. 
uh, and get to know uh, the Leviton team and who you're going to be working with. Again, can't wait to see you. Hope we share a glass of good red wine. Boom, done. Now it's personalized, which is huge, but we're able to use the template for the rest and then duplicate, duplicate, scale, scale, scale. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And I, I really hope our one mobbers are listening and taking notes because I know there's a lot of you out there with extended teams that could really replicate kind of the same idea of, you know, just get your colleagues that are specialists in certain areas to make that short little video, just introducing themselves and what they do. And you can reuse that over and over again and kind of have that specific um, featured video for each one of your customers or partners. So awesome, awesome advice. Yeah, great use case. Love that. And like Rob said, I think a lot of folks out there, whether you use one mob or not, like you have a team behind you, right? Um, yeah. And and being able to put a face to face faces uh, to that, right? And show that hey, it's not just me. There's this whole group of folks um, is just an awesome use case. And because you can have it kind of generalized, you can just make one video and reuse it, right? Exactly. Uh, like you said, and just personalize yours uh, to make it you know relevant for that customer. So. Awesome use case, awesome use case. Absolutely. Um, Kyle, do you have any more questions? Uh, not, um, I have a lot of questions. We could talk for hours probably, <laughs> uh, but this would be just a really long podcast. So uh, I think maybe we'll, we'll jump to the rapid fire and then we'll, we'll definitely have to have Sherry back on to tell us more and more stories. I was gonna say the same thing. We're gonna have to have Sherry back on eventually. I think we will for sure. If she'll allow it. Um, yeah. We'll do that. And we'll have to come up with different rapid fire questions for the next time. <laughs> we will. But yeah. we'll, Make we'll start. rapid fire you questions. Oh, Let's I like that. We can, we can turn guys. the tables. Actually, yeah. when, when you and I, uh, or you and I and Kyle spoke um, a couple weeks ago, you were asking us a bunch of questions about us. And I kind of turned around to Kyle after that call and said, Kyle, we need to have a podcast where we just talk and maybe not have a guest because we've had guests on all of our podcasts so far. So that is going to be in the works probably over the holiday period. We'll get some time to uh, get to know Kyle and myself a lot better. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so let me start off with this first question. I know the answer, but I'm going to kind of twist it a little bit. Okay. So our first question is, how did you get over the fear of getting on video and recording? I don't think you had a fear and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe let's change that question to how would you, how would you give someone advice as far as, you know, getting over that hump, that hurdle, that fear of getting on video or just the unknown of this new kind of endeavor of creating these videos? Well, I, I want to just first go to your, your premise there. You're right. I did not have a fear of video, but I have other fears um, in my career. So I can relate that and then give you the answer. Um, to be perfectly vulnerable, I still get terrified when I speak in front of either very large audiences, you know, like thousands of people in a stadium or peers. You know, when I am speaking at a conference of my peers, I get nervous. So I have had a lot of coaching on how to deal with my fears, you know? So we all have fears. They're just different. Video doesn't happen to be one of my fears, but like the night before, I don't want to say terrified, but I'm worried I won't sleep. I'm a little nervous about it. And I'll share with you some great advice I got from my speaking coach. And now I really use this. She said, 
stop focusing so much on what you want to say and instead focus on how you want your audience to feel and why it's important why your message needs to be heard and that changed everything for me because what it does is it takes you out of your own ego and your own needing for significance and you know for wanting to do well and it shifts the script to what can i do for these people and why is it important and that'll get you to your core values like my greatest core value one of them is the power of education and learning and transformation because i've seen what education can do when um you know when when people are trying to get out of a bad situation or they're trying to build a business or even immigrants coming into this country um, which my mother was and so when i focus on that strong mission i'm focusing on the other it really helps i would say um the other thing is what i would say to people to get over their fear of video is that you know we what we're worried about a lot of times is oh i'm worried about what i look like and i got to tell you a people already know what you look like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already know what you look like you've got your profile up there and b they're gonna like you better when you're imperfect they just do and at the end of the day what we're trying to do is connect and build that heart connection with somebody else that wasn't rapid no, that's okay. The rapid fire questions still important life of their own. <laughs> in fact, I have a follow up question. Um, that's not a rapid fire question. Um, but I'm just kind of curious and maybe this will give some good insights. Are when you make your videos, do you always nail them in one take? Like how what's the average time it takes you to kind of, you know, perfect that message? I know a lot of one mobbers that are one take and, and done really good at it. But I'm just curious, like you're kind of you're a pro. How often do you have to re-record? Are you a, a one-take uh, uh, video creator? I think I'm gonna release a reel of bloopers. I think that would be please. Great. I'm uh, <laughs> we'll add some of ours and we'll make a whole movie out of it, Terry. Um, I'm gonna say Christy's here with me. Um, my, you think I, I'm a two-take, Sherry? Yeah, it's usually, sometimes it's one, sometimes we'll nail it. Like I know when I do I'm skiing, my hands get really cold or like this morning I was out, it was 15 degrees. I, I, I did a video after finishing a run and the, the whole theme was there's no such thing as cold weather, only inadequate clothing. Um, <laughs> it's really cold, <laughs> so I did it one take. So, but I'd say it's, it's one or two. Why do you usually re-record, Sherry? Is it is it because you just kind of forgot what you were going to say along the way, or like what what is the reason that you would re-record? Right? Because I don't think you're the person who's like if you say an um or ah, you're going to stop and re-record, right? I don't think that's the reason. But why do you? tight enough for people to view it and the other reason would be again i'm out in weird places so there could be you know a big truck just went by or you know i'm at an airport it's the loudspeaker or you know i'm in the ocean and i don't know but i mean there's you can't control yeah noise but i yeah or i'll just screw it up 
You know, sometimes they just screw it up. But bad That's enough fair. to retake it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. That, that's Robbie, really got the next one? So I, I kind of get the feeling that, um, you know, if you can nail it in one take, great. Uh, but, you know, when you do have that second, even sometimes third chance, you know, you, you kind of refine and perfect that message. So I always tell people, if you mess up the first time, you know, just re-record it. It's definitely going to be better on the second time. Uh, and even if you do it a third time, it might even be even better, even if you didn't screw up the second time. So oh, what I do do. I forgot about this, but I will write three bullet points down that I'm going to talk about. And the act of actually writing them makes me remember them. So that's a little quick tip. So let's say I'm going to talk about, um, you know, three things that will sabotage rapport. I'm going to think, okay, what are the three things? And then I will write them out. Not what I'm going to say. I'll have an idea, but I will write out those three bullet points. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's really good advice as well. Cool. All right, next question. How did you start your career in sales? I think you briefly mentioned at the beginning you were in hospitality sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so gosh, this is taking me back to when I was 22 years old and I was on my way to law school, but I thought I was going to take off a year and go ski in the mountains. And I kid you not, I answered an ad in the paper and it said, cause I knew I needed a job if I was going to ski for a little while. And it said, Foxy ladies, summer resort job. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't usually tell this story. Earn four to $600 a week. No experience necessary. I'm like, well, I have no experience. <laughs> um, And I was thinking it was going to be this glamorous job, like, you know, working with wealthy tourists in a ski lodge and eating fondue with a nice ski outfit on. And it turns out it was to um, talk people into going to a timeshare tour. So what I, so I would like. Lead gen. Lead gen. (laughs) Yeah. It was in the summertime that I started before the winter and I would roller skate around the park and invite people in to tour a resort. And for every person that came in, they gave me $35. And then that winter I did it on skis. That's pretty cool. And I bet, yeah, you, you uh, sold a lot of timeshares. (laughs) I could imagine. So we actually have something in common then. Um, I kind of started in the hospitality world down here in Florida, working at um, a resort on the beach. So uh, some similarities there. Which one? I actually worked at a really amazing place called the Bellevue Biltmore in Clearwater, Florida. Mm. Um, And I was doing marketing for them. And since then, it was a really old, when I worked there, it was 110 years old. And that was 15 years ago. Since then, it unfortunately, the, the, larger building has been destroyed but they took and preserved part of it the main building and made that into an inn that just opened uh last year so uh really really neat place really miss it nice okay so next question we got two more for you okay Uh, one tip you could give someone that is really just starting their career in sales or in general just something you wish you knew when you you know think about that first kind of Big boy, big girl job. What did you wish you knew? 
Those are two different questions. Mm. What I wish I knew is it's all about the relationship. At the end of the day, you know, it, and particularly if you're younger or you're just starting out in sales, um, sure, you've got 5,000 friends on Facebook or this many connections, but to make it in business, there is nothing more important than your network and keeping up with that network for no reason at all. My grandfather told me once, your friends on your way up are your friends on your way down. And I try really hard to stay in touch with people. I didn't always. You know, you'll have a client in a relationship with somebody, maybe for months you close that big deal, the deal is over. God, are you reaching out to them on a holiday? Are you reaching out to see now how their then nine-month-year-old is, is now two years old, three years old? If we can keep in relationship with people, that is your most valuable asset of your life, and don't ever burn a bridge out of ego. It will cost you. Brilliant. Great advice, especially for young folks out there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and you know what? And let me say one more thing along those lines. You meet with somebody, you follow up with them within 24 hours. Send hello, handwritten notes. Mark Zuckerberg famously said, this was a couple of years ago, his biggest goal was writing one authentic thank you note to someone every single day. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So Kyle, I'll let you wrap it up with our, our last question here. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they're all fun ones. Um, so Sherry, if we could give you one superpower, right, mm. which we may or may not be able to do, um, what would it be? Like, what would your superpower be? Wow. I don't think I thought about that one. Good. Then it'll be a candid response. And this may sound corny, but what if I could heal people? Like what if somebody was sick or dying or suffering and I could heal them without having to go, without them having to go through the pain and maybe not only physically, but spiritually or emotionally. You know, one of my favorite sayings, I don't know if Aristotle said it or who said it, and I try to live by this, is be kind for everyone's fighting a great battle. And I think that there are so many people out there and they may be hurting, they may be sick, it may be emotional, it may be spiritual, and we don't even know the challenges that people are going through. And I think that's why I love training so much. I don't see what I do is, I see what I do is not training salespeople to sell more, but helping people to be more. And if people can be more, they can sell more. They're connected. And I think if I had one superpower, I'd like to um, help people heal pain. And maybe that's why we do what we do. Yeah. I love it, Cherry. Yeah. And, and that, that's the perfect answer for you being someone that's followed you for a while now and seeing your videos, like you love to help people. So perfect answer. So let's wrap it up here. We know that you are very busy and have a lot of great videos to make. Um, thank you so much, Sherry. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you on social media and the web before we go? 
You bet. Um, if you want to email me directly, it's Sherry, S-H-A-R-I, like Sherry Lewis, at, if you're old enough to know that, Sherry <laughs> at SherryLevitin.com, L-E-V-I-T-I-N.com. And the platform I'm really active on, I'm sure I'm on Facebook, a little bit of Instagram, but again, LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I will reply to you personally. Uh, I don't have anyone doing that for me, and I would love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. And we're going to have to twist your arm and get you on again uh, in a couple months. Uh, but thanks again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, you, Sherry and Levitin. And thank you to One Mob. You've really bolstered our success. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. Great. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you.